Good morning to each and every one on the line this morning. Let us go in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, and God, we thank you, we praise you, we, we honor you, and we glorify your God. And God, we thank you for everything you've done, everything you're doing, and everything you promised to do in the lives of your people, the remnant, oh God. And oh God, and God, this morning as we come before thy people, oh God, Lord, we ask you to speak to me, speak through me, and in the mighty name of Jesus, speak for me, that I may speak what thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I want to talk to you briefly, um, coming from 1 Samuel 10 and 1. Amen. Um, and our subject is going to be hanging out with the prophets. You got your Bible for the sake of time. You may uh, turn to that. Uh, if not, uh, I'm going to be reading some as I go. Hanging out with the prophets. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, how it feels, and how the Holy Spirit uh, equips, and how the Holy Spirit transforms. We're going, we're going to use those three um, tags. Feels, how the Holy Spirit feels, how it equips, and how it transforms us for service. God gave me this message because I have a prophetic hub that I teach here in Nashville and Tallahoma. And I've come to realize that not many prophets in our churches are being taught. And they're going out saying a lot of things that's not of God. Oh, they speak from their flesh. And, that's, and they're going out not being anointed, not having power to do uh, what needs to be done in the body of Christ. We have a lot of lying prophets that um, goes around um, seeking to do revivals, seeking to do services uh, for their own personal gain, which that is not of God. And so God had laid this on my heart to uh, start this prophetic club about four years ago. And he told me, he said, I want you to announce that you're going to start teaching and prophetic. And I'm going to pick the ones I want. You don't pick them. I'll tell you which ones to pick. And God did just that. Had a lot of opposition. Even uh, my wife uh, didn't believe that it was the right thing to do. Many of the prophets and, and uh, elders in the church didn't believe it. But I had to stand and do what God said. And out of that, has come some awesome uh, uh, women of God. So I just thank God for being obedient. And, a, and one thing a prophet has to do is to be obedient. It, oh, God has to be able to hear from God and move when God say move and not uh, pay attention to what people think or say about it. But it's all about what God tells you to do. So there's that old legend that was told, uh, I read uh, a while back, and it's that the old man traveled through the desert. And as he traveled through the desert, he always carried a homing pigeon with a string on it. Mm -hmm. And this pigeon, whenever he got lost and, and couldn't find his way, he would release this pigeon. And this pigeon would, would, would struggle to fly in the direction that he should go. And, and so this man was, was named the dove man. And that means that people, the Holy Spirit, 
has, is able to lead us and to guide us through any wilderness, through any desert, because it, it is our guide. It is our instructor, and, and it's everything that we need. And so because of the unique practice, he was known uh, as the dove man, so too the Holy Spirit, the heavenly dove, is willing and able to direct us in the way that we should go and, and, uh, and, and lead us to the more abundant life if we submit to his uh, functioning and his supervision. The Holy Spirit desires to guide us in the way that we should go. As we submit ourselves to him, we will grow more and more into the likeness of Jesus. Keep in mind, we're talking about hanging out with the prophets. Amen. Now, the Holy Spirit moves in our lives to lead, oh God, to lead us in three important different ways. First Samuel 21 said, then Samuel, oh God, took a flax of oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you leader over his inheritance? Verse 2, When you leave me today, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb at Zira on the border of Benjamin. Now, uh, Zira means Z-E-L-Z-A-H. It means uh, noontide, meaning uh, also she knows. Uh, they will say to you, the donkeys you set out to look for have been found. And now your father has stopped thinking uh, about them and is worried about you. He is asking, what shall I do about my son? Verse 3. Then you will go on from there until you reach the great tree of Tabor. Three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you. Once you be, and, and one will be carrying three young goats, another three loaves of bread, and another a skin of wine. Verse 4. They will greet you and offer you two loaves of bread, which you will accept from them. Five. After that, you will go to Yabrif of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyrics, tambourines, flutes, harps being played before them, and they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will come up on on you in power, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Listen. When the Holy Ghost comes up on us, it changes us from the old to the new in Christ. Amen. And so let me tell you something. This, when the Holy Ghost fell upon the disciples on the day of Pentecost, they didn't run and shout. They were filled with power from on high. The Holy Ghost comes to give you power to witness. I say it again. The Holy Ghost comes to give you power to witness. Amen. And, and, and a lot of people think the Holy Ghost comes just to give you a shout and to give you, oh God, and, and it calls you to speak in tongues. But, but you, that's, that's a, a myth of deception. 
You're not filled with the Holy Ghost just to speak in tongues and shout. You're filled with power to witness. Amen. And 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 this is it, it takes the Holy Ghost in order for us to live a holy life. You, we can't live holy. We can't please God without being filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh God, Amen. Now, once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. Amen. This is what Samuel. Uh, told Saul, amen, after he had gone through these steps, and these are steps that we have to take in order to be, uh, to do what God would call us to do in the, in, in our, in, on this mission, this journey. Now, one thing that we got to understand is that God first got to call you to be a prophet. Amen. You don't just up and, and, and usher yourself in and call yourself a prophet. Amen. You got to be called, you got to be trained, equipped, and sent to do what God has called you to do. And God is the one that's doing it. So we're going to start off number one. We're going to, oh God, we're going to start off with the spirit feels. Being anointed. When the spirit feels you, you've been anointed to do what God called you to do. So in Samuel 8, we see that nation of Israel wanted a king. And the prophet Samuel had been a great leader for the people, but he was getting older and his children, oh God, his children did not follow the Lord. Amen. And, in, and, and sometimes we, we have children in our churches as prophets, as, as pastors, as teachers, but we but be focusing in on the prophet today. And and we have children, and children uh, uh, has to be uh, treated different from the other children because they have been born to be prophetic children, a prophetic child, boy or girl. And we have to pay close attention to them in order to train them up in the way God wants them to go because the others may not be uh, as prophetic as that one. And so we got to pay close attention and let the Spirit lead us to be able to train this child up to become what God wants them to become. So as we go as we go on, um, so in, in and sometimes our children don't follow follow in the way of the of their uh prophetic parents. And and as a pastor, I have many boys and and, 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 and girls and, and I have five in the ministry and five of my prophets. And, and and but they don't want to, they don't want the ministry. Amen. They they don't want the, the holiness church. They don't want the apostolic church. They want to they want to do whatever they want to do and call themselves ministers. And I tell them when I go off the scene, this church won't die. Somebody go. Oh God! Somebody got to step in place and carry it on. And if you're not in place, then it has to go to the next one able and available to carry it on. And, and, and so I need you to get in place. But if they don't follow the Lord, they will never be in place. Amen? And so, as we move on in verse 9, in chapter 9, we see that Saul was chosen by God to be first king of Israel. As Saul looked for a donkey, a lost donkey, he was led to Samuel. Now, in chapter 10, Samuel anoints Saul as king over Israel. Sometimes we just accidentally step into our calling. And and, 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 and and God, but God lines it up like that. To us, it's an accident. But when we come into the knowledge of knowing that God has led us this way, and, it, and we didn't accidentally fall into it, but it was divine. God brought this thing to pass. Amen. And so as Saul looked for that lost donkey, that we said, 
He was led to sin. And many of us on the air today and many of us that we know were just going along one day, not thinking about anything. Next thing you know, we was caught up in the ministry. And, and it takes longer to train a prophet than it does any of the other gifts other than the apostle. There were several signs of steps about which Samuel gives to show God's selection of Saul as king. Now, the first thing Samuel does is to anoint Saul with oil. The first thing that to happen when you have become, you, you come into the knowledge of knowing what God wants you to do. The first thing to happen, God will send someone to anoint you with oil. I've met many, many people, many prophets, uh, on my journey, that their pastors wouldn't accept them as prophets because they don't, they didn't operate in prophecy in their church. And these people were struggling with their ministers and, 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 and they've been labeled as teachers, labeled as evangelists, labeled as missionaries, but they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't, uh, uh, they, they wouldn't accept them as a prophet. Always as far as, uh, uh, thousands of miles away from where I am. But I, but God showed me that these people need to be released. Oh God, so that they can do what God called them to do. Let me tell you something. If you are a if you are a prophet and you are not ordained, oh God, oh God, then you will more back to do what God wants you. God can't use you until you are ordained. And I'm not speaking of physically ordained, ordained with the anointing. You have to be anointed by another prophet in order to be able to be used proficiently by God to do what God called you to do. And, and, and pastors know this, but they will not ordain their people. They'll just let them flow on in the church without any instruction, any guidance, any, any in-depth teaching into what God has called them to do. And that hinders their ministry. And so when I find people like that, I set them down and, and, and explain to them what's going on with them and give them a choice to be able to know what God called them to do so they can step out and do it with the anointing. Amen. I hope I'm helping somebody this morning. Amen. The, and so these are the signs that Saul was supposed, uh, Samuel, Saul was supposed to look for. Samuel had given him divine instruction. So the all signified when he was anointed the Holy Spirit. Saul had been chosen by God, and 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 his spirit would rest on Saul to commission him into service. The Holy Ghost commissioned one into service. You can't get into the service of God until you have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Listen, when you are called, chosen by God, the Holy Ghost will come upon you, and you will be anointed for God's service. Maybe you're asking this question. Why put oil on his head? You see, in the Bible, the oil is often used to represent God, the Holy Spirit. Often when we pray for people, we anoint them with oil. Amen. Mark 6.13 says, They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Amen. James 5.14 says, Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, this is one thing that we don't do in the church today. We have sick people in our churches, and they don't call for the elders of the church. But this is God's, this is God's command to, com- to commission the people to call for the elders of the church, if any of you think that they be anointed with oil, that they may be healed. 
But we don't we don't hardly see that today. We'll call our friends. We'll call those we're close to in ministry and those in the neighborhood. We'll call family members, but we won't call the elder of the church, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor. We won't call on them. Many of us won't do it. Not everybody, but there are many that will not do it. And they won't do it because they don't they don't believe them. They don't trust them. They don't see the power. They don't see the healing being manifest in the church. And that hinders the progress of God's people, his remnant, from doing what he called them to do. We have a purpose in body of Christ, and it is not to take up a collection and say, amen, let's go home. It's more than that. Amen. People are struggling. People are hungry. People are seeking. People are dying in the church, and they have no guidance, no instruction whatsoever. Oh, no power to deliver them. And in order for people to be successful in the Lord, they got to be anointed with all. They got to be go through deliverance and be and, and come forth transformed that God may continue to transform their life into service for what He wants them to do. Amen. So in the Old Testament, the Holy Oh God, the Holy Spirit rests upon me. He would come for a particular time, um, for a particular task, and then later be removed. When David sinned with Bathsheba, he prayed in Psalm 51 that God would not take the spirit from him and the anointing he received when he became king. Amen. So now let me bring this home today. In the New Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit does not simply rest upon us for a time that dwells within us. When we accept Christ into our hearts, Jesus we are anointed and commissioned into our specific role in the kingdom. Amen. Like Saul, the Holy Spirit is given to empower us for service. To the task God has given us to do, it takes the Holy Spirit to prepare us for God's service. The Holy Spirit is essential to live the Christian life. Don't let nobody I mean, nobody tell you, you don't need the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost and another dose of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We don't have enough of the Holy Ghost. You can look at our churches and you can see we need more of the Holy Ghost. Actually, we need the Holy Ghost. Amen. And when you get the Holy Ghost, then you can, if God will can and continue to empower you with greater power and, and you can do a greater work. Amen. So nobody can, can be indwelt by the Holy, Holy Spirit of God and keeps that spirit to himself. Amen. When the spirit, where the spirit is, he flows forth. And where there is no flowing forth, he is not there. God say, I know those that are mine because they have my seal. I don't care who it is. If you've got, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, I can walk down the street and see you and recognize that you are filled with the power and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You, you can t be talking, uh, be standing face to face with me talking, uh, standing over in the corner talking to somebody. I can look over and discern that you are filled with God's power. And I, and I can tell that it's not fake. I can tell that it's authentic. Why is it? Because the spirit God witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You and I ought to agree. That's why the Lord said that a, a, a prophet is subject to the spirit of a prophet because we have the same spirit and we ought to be able to agree. You got two prophets can't agree. That's something wrong. That's something wrong when you're in the word of God. 
that is definitely something wrong. Amen. And so, if you experience, amen, the anointing in your life, then the Holy Spirit will flow forth in you. Now, now if you ain't got no Holy Ghost, ain't nothing flowing out of you. The Bible says, out of your belly flow rivers of living water. It takes the Holy Ghost for that living water to come forth. Amen. So you receive all you will ever get when you become a Christian. The real question is how much of God does God's spirit have? Have you given the God permission to live and move in your life? Is the Holy Spirit controlling you? Amen. We must be spirit controlled. Holy Spirit controlled at all times. Amen. And, and Ephesians 5, 18 said, do not get drunk with wine. But which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Ask yourself this question. Does God have full control of your life? Have you told him that you will do anything? Oh, God, do anything. Go anywhere. Be anything that he asks you. Amen. God has anointed you for a purpose. And are you experiencing that anointing in your life? Every day we all experience the anointing of God in our life. Every day you walk out your door and walk back in your door, you should have an experience of it with the anointing of God in your life during those hours you've been gone. Even in your home, if you don't leave home, you still ought to have an experience with God every day. Because God said he loaded us up daily with benefits. And when is God loading us up with emptiness? We come to church, we don't have no prophetic word, but we are prophets. We don't have no prophetic word of encouragement. We don't have no prophetic word of, uh, of, of wisdom, of knowledge. Prophetic word of understanding, a prophetic word of warning, wrath, or judgment, or just a prophetic word that God said, I love you. Amen. With everlasting love. We don't have no, we don't, we don't do that in the church hardly no more. It's rare that I go to church and hear uh, someone getting up saying, I have an encouraging word from the Lord. I have a word of wisdom from the Lord. I have a word of knowledge from the Lord. Why is that? Amen. A lot of it has to do with the preparation of the people in the church. A lot of it. Amen. And Satan has has locked in on, on, on prophets today, and they can't hardly say nothing. And, and, and Prophet Scale said one time, Lord showed us, he, she said, the Lord said that um, the tongues of the prophets are stuck to the roof of their mouth, and they can't speak. Satan has bound them. He has bound them and, keep, and, and keeping them from speaking what thus saith the Lord. Amen. So we talked about how the Spirit feels. Now we want to talk about how the Spirit equips. The second one. The Spirit equips by taking what you are given. Amen. Taking what you are given. And look at this prophetic teaching that Samuel was given Saul. He told him to take what the prophets, the men, give you. They got three goats. They got three loaves of bread and skin of wine. He said, take what they give you. Take what you are given. He was, he was giving Saul a, a, a quick training course in the prophetic of what he was going to uh, come in contact with on his journey. Now, hanging out with the prophets, and Saul was hanging out with Samuel. And what was in Samuel and on Samuel rubbed off on Saul. Amen. My pastor used to say, if you run with the prophets and hounds, you're going to come out smelling like them. Oh, amen. You can't, you can't run with a daughter and come back home in faith and vice versa. Amen. If you want to run with someone that's anointed with power, 
someone that's anointed with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, somebody that's been in the wilderness of, 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 of training and, and has made it to the other side and, and, and can testify of what God has brought them from and what they had to go through to become what God wants them to become. And then, then you'll find out that this, this, this prophet is speaking in your life and you'll be able to receive what that, what that prophet has, like Elijah and Elisha. Because the anointing rubs off. Amen. It, it, it rubs off. So the spirit equips. Take what you are given, he told him. A second step of signs that Samuel told Saul, we was that as he went out, he would meet three men with each were carrying they were each was carrying something. Saul was told, Amen, to take whatever he was given. In this passage. The gifts were varied. One carried three goats, imagining three, uh, carrying three goats. One had three loaves of bread, another had a skin of wine. Now, we got prophets today that go to church, and they, they tell you what they want. The offering, they put out type of offering they want to get. You call them up and ask them when they come and speak. Then they, they, they quickly to tell you, well, I got to have, uh, using mine, Analogy of what, they, what I've been told. I got to have $1,500 come from Atlanta to Nashville. And I'm going to tell you what I told him. I said, are you Jesus? And, and he said, what do you mean, Pastor? I said, you ain't got no $1,500 message from me. I'm sorry. I can't use you. And then he went on and said, well, I always get at least $1,500 to come to Nashville and a road car uh, at, the, at the airport. And then I always get Roman board. I said, you still ain't Jesus. I'm sorry, son. I don't, I don't, I, you know, don't put me in my church. I, I'm, I'm not the one. And, and I, I didn't use it. Amen. I didn't use it, but others do. Because them. God give me better, better wisdom to know uh, what's right and what's wrong. Amen. I don't put churches. You give me, I, I've done revivals for a dollar and 49 cents. Let me take it back. Two dollars and 49 cents. Amen. $2.49 a week, five days in revival, deliverance, prophesying, speaking into the people's lives, building them up. Amen. Getting them ready to do what God called them to do. And at the end of the week, they give me, well, the first two days, they gave me $1.49. And at the end of the week, they gave me a dollar. Now all this was in change. And I, and I walked away with it gracefully. Gracefully, because it wasn't about that. It wasn't about that. These people needed uh, someone to stand in until their pastor come back in town. And they called me because they knew me. And they never asked me what would I charge. They never asked me uh, what, 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 you know, uh, how much would it take for me or nothing. I just told them I'd come to help you. And I put somebody in, in position in my church that I want across town to help them. And it didn't bother me. And it don't bother me today to look back on it. I thank God that I was available. And that's another thing a prophet has to be. Oh, God. Oh, they have to be available for God. Available. So let me move on. But the, um, he told us that you take what you are given. And I don't think we can put too much symbolism into these objects that they had, the goat and the bread. Uh, and, but Saul did as he was called to do. And that's another thing that I said from the beginning. We got to be obedient. Learn to be obedient to the will of God. Learn to be obedient to what we're told to do. When your pastor tells you to do something as a prophet, 
And that, that pastor tell you to do something, do it. As long as it's within reason and, and it doesn't, uh, uh, it's not contrary to the will of God, then you're required to do it. That is part of your training. And that's a sign of humility. And this is why uh, Samuel created the hood because he wanted to teach the prophets not only that, but how to be humble. This humble song to be able to take this. And, 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 the, and the two loaves of bread, three loaves of bread, one was, two, uh, one was for Saul, two, uh, two, they gave him two. One was for Saul and the other one was for his servants. And the same uh, with the goats. One was two, for, gave him two. One was for him and the other one was for his servants. Amen. And so you see, he didn't keep it all for himself. He shared it. So he told him to take what was given. And Saul, Saul could have responded to the to offer, to that offer in many ways. When he said, take what is given, Saul could have said many things. He could have said, no thanks. I'm not hungry. I don't want anything you're offering. Why only two loaves? Give me the third. I want more than you offering. I don't like bread. How about some wine and goat? I know what I need. I want to choose what I get. That's not humility. That's pride. That's being arrogant. That's being rude. Yeah. That's not that. That's not God. And 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 we got people today will tell you right quick what they don't want. Prophets tell you what they don't want. They tell you what they want. They tell you what they want. If you can't give them what they want, they finished. Amen. So, so uh, as we move on, near closing, Saul accepted the gift that was offered to him. Likewise, we must accept the gift the Holy Spirit gives to us and use it for God's glory. We have to take and use what we have been given. Listen, when God calls us and prepares us, he equips us with everything we need. In a way, God has done the same for us. We have everything we need to fulfill the task God has for us. God, God has already prepared the way. The way is already made. We got to have faith to believe that we just step out in the middle of the street and start walking. And everything that God has for us, we'll find it along the way. You, you don't have to worry about what you're going to do. I, I, I was seven for 23 years. In every state I went in, God gave me a business, he gave me a home, and he gave me a church. I didn't have no money. All I did was speak up, and God God granted me everything that I needed. I never was without. He always, I, I had money one time to put a $1,000 on a home, and when I got to where I got to where I was going, and the people wanted 5000 and I told them, I said, God gave me a check for $1,000, told me that's all I put down, and this is all I'm going to put down. And before I left that office, after about four hours of negotiating, I end up getting it. Just what God said. I had to step out in faith. Amen. You got to believe. We have to believe God. Believe God. Let nobody tell you that, that, that you got to have money to go in business. I never had money to go in business. And I did all the repair work for, two, for 33 years. 23, I was self-employed. But we got to have faith to believe God. God's word. One thing God always keep before me. He said, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he that seek me, he, he, he that seek me must first be, if he, come, if he comes to me, he must first believe. And believe that I'm rewarded than the dangers seek him. So we got to believe. You can't, ain't no, there's no point in praying if you ain't going to believe. Amen. So, listen, 
when God calls us and prepares, he, he equips us with everything that we have needed. God has done the same thing for each and every one of us in some way or another. So every believer has been given a gift. Some feel that the gift they have been given is not as important as, as another gift and, and, and wish they had something different. But there, are, but there are many gifts but one body. And we must use whatever we are given to the glory of God. We need to accept God's gift and use it in the body of Christ. Each member of the body needs to function properly for the body to function well. Amen. Every person is essential. And I, I tell people, they say, Apostle, I sure wish I could, I, I had an anointing on you like, on me like you got on you. I said, no, don't say that. You don't know where I've been. You don't know where I come from. You know what I've been through. You don't know how I got here. So don't, don't, don't say that. You know, don't, don't try to covet another man's gift. That's wrong. Now you, you, you may not, I guarantee you, you couldn't, you may not have been able to make it through what God has sent me, allowed me to go through to get here. And then when I tell them my testimony, they say, oh, I, you're right, I don't believe I can go through that. But you see, we don't never know what we can go through until the time till we face it. We don't know. Because if I had known that I had to go through all that I had to go through to get where I am and be what I am and have what, what God has given me, I may have said no. I don't know. But I didn't have a, I had a choice, but I chose to follow Jesus. And when I got saved, I said, I let nothing, I persuaded that nothing separate, separate me from the love of God. And I tell people this everywhere I go. When you can fulfill that scripture that I am persuaded, my mind is made up that I'm not going to let nothing separate me from the love of God. You better be saved. Oh, you better be saved then. Because you you, you don't already say nothing going to separate me from God's love. And when you really mean that, you can be challenged. But you got to stand on your faith and believe what you say. Because God means Amen. So some feel, you know, as I said, that that gift, they wish they had a, a different gift. If we use what God has given us, you God will make it make you pleased with using what He's given you. Every believer, as I said, has been given a gift, and 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 I'm sick and tired of people coming up in the church, singing and praising God with God's gift, and run off to the Hollywood somewhere and and sell that gift for money and for fame and glory. Amen. And 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 that's uh, look Jennifer Jennifer Hudson brought up in the church. Now she's out there in, 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 in Hollywood somewhere in fame. Uh, uh, she thinks she's doing good. Amen. People are, are coming up in the church and, 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 and wants to be rich and famous and, and, and they'll run there and sell that gift. They'll sell that gift for, for, for money. But God's not pleased with that. He's not pleased with it. And, and he wants, God wants this gift to operate in the church. The spirit transformed. It's the third one. The spirit transforms. Hanging out with the prophets. Samuel told Saul to go on to Gibraltar and that he would meet a company of prophets. He would join in with them and he changed into a different person. This is exactly what happened. As the prophets approached, God's spirit fell on Saul and he began to prophesy with them. When you hang out with the prophets, you will end up doing what they do if it's the right thing to do. Amen. And Saul had, uh, Samuel had prophesied to Saul and told him the, exactly every step that he was going to come in contact with and what he was to do 
when he when he took those steps and it happened just like he said it was gonna happen. When Saul met these prophets, he too had been an oh, he too had been anointed. And when he met them and they were prophesying, then Saul began to prophesy too. Look at God. In first Samuel ten and eleven, when all those who had formerly known him saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, What is this that has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? They couldn't believe it. It doesn't matter if people believe you or not. You push through all that being talked about and all the slander, backbiting and gossiping and being lied on and talked about and, 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 and keep doing God's will. Amen. It doesn't matter what people think or say about you. But these men said those who knew him, who knew Saul, saw him, and could not believe the difference the Spirit had made. Amen. People look upon you. When, when I first got saved and gave my life to the Lord, being a former uh, martial artist and drug addict and alcoholic and drug dealer and in and out of jail over 18 times and been charged with murder, and, 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 and that's just part of it, you know, and, and all the things that I've, I've gone through in life and, and at a young age, and people looked at me and, 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 and were saying, that's the, and when God gave my life to the Lord, first thing he said, uh, even my mama bet it on, bet on me for six months, $20 for every six months for two years that I would turn back. Lucy's just trying something else. As my middle name, he's just trying something else. He done tried everything else, drugs and everything else, so now he's trying the Lord. He ain't going to last. But after two years, I was told that my own mother bet it on me for, for, for two years that I would not last. And people came from Detroit. Detroit, Michigan, where I used to live, and, and they came to Tennessee, and, and, and my cousin said, I just, he brought all my friends with me, five of them, and he brought them, he said, we just came to see. We heard that you had joined church to become a preacher. We just came to see if it was true. And my cousin looked at me, and he told the other guys, he said, man, it's true. He said, I can see the change on him. He said, he's really changed. And, 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 and they couldn't believe that out of all the evil and dirt and the thieving and the robbing and, and things that, that we had done together for years, they could not believe that God had changed me. But because they, they looked at me, some of them looked at me to be the same old person, but they, was, they, they were badly mistaken. Amen. They said to each other, what is this that has happened to the son of Kish? Look what they said. I don't know about you, but I want that to be said of me too. I want people to see the difference that the Holy Spirit can make in a person's life. To hear people say, what has happened to you? Don't tell me the Holy Spirit won't change you. Amen. You, 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 I don't have time to testify, but don't, don't tell me what the, oh, what the Holy Ghost will do in your life. Amen. So uh, I, I, it, I read a story one time and said, Augustine, conversion, he was walking down the street in Milan, Italy. Then there he met a prostitute whom he had known immediately and intimately. She called to him, but he would not answer. He kept right on walking. Augustine, she called again. And Augustine asked, she said, is it I? And without slowing down, he called back, yes, but it is no longer I. His heart was not redirected as he was, as he was a changed man. He, he didn't look the same. She, she knew him, but she didn't know him in this, in, in, in this life. And this is what happens when, when the Holy Ghost changes you, you don't look the same. 
No one looks the same. It, it, it changes you. So we should say, Lord, shine in me. And so being that all with whom I come in contact know thy presence in my soul, let me look up and see no longer me, but only Jesus. Amen. So I pray that one day all of our churches will become like that. A place where people come and encounter God, oh God, and then lead change. People should see the difference in us when the Holy Spirit is set free and transforms us from within so that even those who know us will say, what has happened to them? When we hang out with the prophets, we become prophets. We hear a lot about the negative influences on peer pressure, but what about positive peer pressure? If you want to grow in your gifting and someone who has, uh, and, and someone who has what you are looking for, and follow them. When we move where the Holy Spirit is moving, we are led and transformed by God. Are you experiencing that transformation in your life? Are you different now than you were a few months ago? There is no greater joy as, as a pastor than to see lives changed by the goodness of God. This may not happen all at once, but it should be noticeable as you go along this journey. Maybe you're here, maybe you're listening today, and you're thinking that all, all this talk about anointing and the Holy Spirit sounds a little too charismatic. As a closet charismatic, please extend me the grace to peek my head out of the closet long enough to ask, are you experiencing the fullness of God in your life? If you receive all the Holy Spirit at conversion, where in God's name is it? We often sing that song, change my heart, oh God, which says, you are the potter, I am the clay. What type of clay do you feel you are this morning? Amen. Some clay is hard and cannot be shaped. Other clay is soft and can be made into whatever the potter desires. We choose to extend to which we will be molded. We can resist what God wants us to do in our lives. Acts 2, 1 through 8, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3 said, they saw what seemed and, and, and to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there was, I spoke a message one time, and this is my closing. I spoke a message once on that subject, Acts 1 and 8. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. And listen, when we get filled with the Holy Ghost, why did the Holy Ghost have to fall on their tongue? It fell on their tongue because the tongue had to be changed from the talk, the way it used to talk. The tongue had Tongues had to be holy. And the Holy Ghost, fire, sanctified, purified, and cleansed the tongue to speak holy things. Many of us in the church today need a tongue, need, our tongue needs to be purified. It needs the Holy Ghost fire 
to purify it. So we won't talk about nobody. So we won't lie on people. We won't slander. We won't gossip. We won't call division. And, and, and we won't stir up strife. We won't be argumentative and contentious. Oh God, if the tongue was sanctified, if the tongue was full of fire, it would speak fiery things that would help change somebody's life. Amen. So we need the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we need the Holy Ghost comes upon us, prophets, to fill us, to equip us, and to transform us. Amen. So I thank and praise God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I thank and praise God that this, that this morning that somebody has been inspired, enlightened, lifted up, and built up with this message. Hanging out with the prophets. Find your prophet. Hang out with that prophet if they're walking in God's will and doing God's, God, God's will. And they are humble prophets. Amen. So God bless you and may God keep you. Be blessed today. Possible Wood. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the word today. Hanging out with the prophets through none other than Apostle Woods. I was over here rejoicing. My spirit was jumping this morning for the word of revelation and teaching that came by way of Apostle Woods. I was excited. I had to keep myself, ask God to keep me contained this morning. I thank you, Lord God, for the teaching and the word this morning. Amen. We heard a few chimes on the line. At this time, we're going to give you the opportunity for anyone else to announce themselves at this time if you would like to. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Once again, I want to thank each and every one on this line. I'm not going to say much because I wanted to leave uh, everything to be led on this line this morning by none other than Apostle Wood. I had relinquished your authority on this line. So, Apostle Wood, if you're still on this line, pray uh, this morning, uh, ever how the Lord leads you. Dismiss us ever how the Lord will lead you. We're giving you free reign. We're submitting to the authority of the apostle on this line this morning. So just flow in whatever way God would have you to flow, Apostle Woods. We're still in your hands this morning. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. And God, we bind up this morning uh, old mindsets. Amen. We, we destroy uh, old mindsets and we destroy the spirit of witchcraft, Lord, and we destroy yokes, we destroy bondages, amen, by your blood, oh God, and we destroy everything that's not like you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, we come we come against uh, all forms of witchcraft this morning. In the, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come against the spirit of Jezebel this morning. We come against manipulation, we, we, we come against intimidation, amen, and, and we come against lying and deceptive spirits this morning, and controlling spirits this morning. Amen. And we come against the spirit that comes against the church, oh God, that to destroy the church, to hinder the church, to bind the church in the name of Jesus, Lord. Heavenly Father, we repent of any sin in our life and of our ancestors' lives and in the result in a in a curse, amen. We break and destroy every generational curse. Amen. We repent for all disobedience and rebellion. Oh and perversion, witchcraft, idolatry, lust, idolatry adultery, fornication, uh, mistreatment of others and murder, cheating, lying, sorcery, and divination and occult involvement and ask 
and ask for your forgiveness, oh God, cleansing through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, we realize that in our in our generational uh, bloodline, Lord, there's there's a lot of poison, oh God, and some poison, Lord, have have leaked our poison have leaked out into the next generation, Lord, and many of us even in the body of Christ today, oh God, even on this prayer line right now, Lord, they cannot move forward in the ministry, oh God, they cannot understand why. Oh, carrying sicknesses keep coming, oh God. And they cannot understand why illnesses is always at the door, oh God. They cannot understand, Lord, why they can't go forward. But if they get up and they're not back, can't get up and take five steps forward and knock back ten, oh God. But in the, oh God, but in the name of Jesus, Lord, I take authority over the, over and break every curse upon their life right now in the name of Jesus. I break all curses of poverty, lack, debt, destruction, sickness, death, and vagabond. I break all curses on our lot marriages, Lord, and family and children and relationships. I break all curses of, oh, of pride, rebellion, lust, hurt, incest, and rape, Ahab, Jezebel, fear and insanity, and madness and confusion in the name of Jesus. The body of Christ is confused today because they don't know who it is in the name of Jesus. We break all curses affected. Our finances, mind, sexual character, emotions, will, and relationship. We break every hex, jinx, spell, and every curse over our lives in the name of Jesus. According to Galatians 3.13, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law in the name of Jesus. We claim forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. Amen. For the sins of our fathers. Amen. And God, we ask you right now, Lord, that we, com we commit, command spirits of rejection, hurt, bitterness, unforgiveness, bondage, Torment, death, destruction, fear, lust, perversion, mind control, witchcraft, poverty, lack and death and confusion, double minding and sickness, infirmity, pain, divorce, separation, strife and contention, depression, sadness, loneliness, self-pity. Lord, we command them to come out now oh, in the name of Jesus, be set free. Be delivered, be made whole in the oh, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we loose upon your people the gift of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, meekness, humility in the Holy Ghost, oh God. And let them be filled, oh God, with your spirit this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We just want to thank you so much. We want to thank God for you today on this line. Apostle, we're not going to do any announcements or anything today. We want the people to leave in that spirit. And Apostle, we're just going to ask you to come and dismiss us this morning off this line. Would you do that for us, please? Thank you. Father, we thank you for this hour that we spent in your presence. We thank you for being in our presence. I thank you for the line, known or unknown. Thank you for Pastor Church Whale. Ask you to continue to keep your hand up on the lead, guide, and direct in every way. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that your word has gone out. And you say the one go out and return to you, Lord. It will accomplish what you set it forth to do. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And we decree and proclaim and know that it's already done. Healing is done. Be healed. Be healed. Ah! Be healed. Someone is sick today on this line. They're not feeling well. They know someone. They can touch them. But I ask right now in the name of Jesus man, to go and lay your hands up on and out and say, be healed. Be set free and be delivered. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye-bye. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.